The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff, or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vina Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, your nation's public radio source for all the information you need to get on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. And today we are going to be talking about property management from the viewpoint of what happens if you need professional property management? What happens if you are not, in fact, a real-life real estate investor, but maybe somebody who has a house that ha hasn't sold, you need to move, and you thought, well, Maybe I should rent it, but I don't want to go through all that. Uh, how do you hire a property manager? What do they do? What do they charge? What are they going to reasonably require from you? Those are going to be the topics of today's Real Life Real Estate Investing. First, though, if you are here in the greater Cincinnati area, be sure to join us for tomorrow evening's Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati annual holiday get-together and best and worst deals of the year awards. It's a very fun meeting where members compete to see if the audience thinks they have made the very best deal of 2011 or what's even more fun is the ones who are competing, competing for your vote in worst deal of 2011 there will also be a silent auction of some home study courses to benefit the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association, as well as an auction of a cruise, an eight-day cruise in the Caribbean in February with the National Real Estate Investors Association, generously donated by one of our board members, Roxanne Pilcher. Um, if you are the winning bidder and it is an absolute auction, there is no starting bid, then you will get to go. Uh, on an eight-day cruise in the middle of February, which, for those of you who don't live in Cincinnati, maybe don't understand exactly how attractive the idea of getting out of Cincinnati and going to the Caribbean, Caribbean in February is. So join us. Uh, you can always come to any RIA of Cincinnati meeting simply by walking in and saying that you heard about it on Real Life Real Estate Investing. Your first meeting in that case will always be at no charge and... Rhea meets is meeting at the usual location, the CAA building, Community Action Agency building, at the corner of Seymour and Redding in the old in the Jordan Crossing, uh, formerly Swifton Commons. You can get more information at CincinnatiRia.com. That's Cincinnati R E I A dot com, or by calling 859-292-7342. And speaking of getting great information when during the uh, what uh, 
six days and 23 hours of the week that Real Life Real Estate is not on the air. Uh, you can always become a fan of Real Life Real Estate by going to realliferealestateradio.com. Uh, we post uh, information there from time to time about uh, different things that are going on in the real estate world and give you the opportunity to interact online with your fellow real life real estate fans as well as ask questions for the program. You can also go to askvina.com, click the little button that says uh, try Vina's weekly e-letter and uh, fill in the the fill in your email address and every week we will send you an e-letter with the information about the upcoming program and an article by or about our guests or their topics to sort of feed your mind in between our real life real estate programs. By the way, if you are used to listening to real life real estate live on the air on Wednesdays at five and you have not yet discovered it, we also have a podcast of the show on iTunes. You can go to iTunes, go to Real Life Real Estate Investing, and uh, gosh, we've got upwards of 100 shows, I think, uploaded on that site at the moment. If the opposite case is true and you think that Real Life Real Estate Investing is a podcast because that is what you are used to hearing, then let me inform you that uh, Wednesday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Time... You can listen to Real Life Real Estate Investing live at WMKVFM.org. WMKVFM.org. You can listen to the show live and streaming. So if you're wondering why I'm tap dancing, why we're, we're four minutes into the show and I still haven't introduced my guest, uh, it's because due to a last minute family emergency of my scheduled guest, my, I ended up calling my actual guest at three o'clock this afternoon and saying, can you be at the station at five o'clock? And he said, yes, I think so. Uh, clearly that was going to end up being 10 minutes after five. I think he is walking in the door right now though. So we're going to take a quick break to give him time to get settled in. When we come back, we'll be talking property management and answering your questions at 513-772-9658. Or if you're outside the greater Cincinnati area, 877-772-9658. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. We're talking today about professional property management. Now, this is a topic that we have tackled before on Real Life Real Estate Investing, but to give us a different perspective on the idea of professional property management and what it what it, what the charges might be what the services might be why you might or might not want to get a professional property manager we have john jones from keller williams advisors here in the greater cincinnati area john has over 15 years in property management experience altogether uh, the last couple of years with keller williams advisors and uh, he is joining us today and and thank you for agreeing to join us today with two hours notice <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> that takes that takes quite a bit of guts to walk in here unprepared. Uh, I mean, you're prepared in the sense that you know what we're talking about, but uh, generally the guests get questions like three days in advance and, you know, full directions to the station and all of that sort of thing. So we do appreciate you uh, stepping in and, and for your for your boss at Keller Williams Advisors for letting you leave early so that you could uh, come and do this. So 
let, let, let me start with a question, John, because I think there's a lot of confusion about this. What is it that qualifies you or anyone else who is holding themselves out as a property manager to do that for pay for other people? Well, in the state of Ohio and in most states, you do have to be a licensed real estate agent in order to uh, offer property management services. Um, in Ohio, there's a number of exceptions for this, but basically, the, the the rule of thumb is if you do not, if you are not an employee of the owner, uh, you know, a direct, you know, W two employee of the owner, uh, you do have to have a real estate license in order to be a property manager. Mm-hmm. And I understand in some states they've actually split those out so that there you can get a property manager's license that is different than the standard real estate license. But in, in most states, if you get if you if you pass the test to be a realtor and you have a broker who will let you do it, you can be a property manager. Which is kind of funny because being a property manager is a special set of skills as opposed to being a real estate oh, exactly. agent. Exactly. I mean, I, I did property management, as you mentioned, for 15 years. I never had to have a license to do it until uh, two years ago uh, because I was always working directly for uh, the owners of the property. So it was actually, a, I came from from the other direction where a lot of people get their realtor's license and then fall into property management. Um, I came from the other direction. I was a property manager and I had to get a license in order to take this position with Keller Williams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in theory, any real estate agent in one of these states where you just have to have an agent's license could be a property manager for anyone that agreed to let them do that. But it, the training that that you got and that I got uh, to to become a licensed agent really didn't include a lot about property management. No, as a, as a matter of fact, my my boss likes to joke around about how there were sections of the test that were just blatantly wrong when it came to uh, leasing and property management and the you know the rules of evictions and things like that. But uh, yeah, you know, I've, I've talked to a number of agents, and and whenever we mention that we offer property management services, they're always surprised to find that there are companies that will do property management. More and more agents are getting into doing leasing just because it's a for for one thing it's it's it is a lucrative market for an agent but for another thing the way they look at it is if they've got somebody who's moving into town and wants to lease a place for two years they're hoping to turn that person into a buyer in two to three years and and just servicing them right now with the with the leasing in hopes that they're going to turn them into a buyer in the future and those agents need some place to go and a lot of them will call us uh to you know they'll put they'll put the tenant into the house but then once they if the owner needs property management services, they'll refer them to us. Mm-hmm. For years, in some of the bigger cities uh, on the coasts, it's been very common that if you wanted, if you were a tenant and you wanted to rent an apartment, you went to your realtor, <laughs> and, and and they found you uh, houses for rent, apartments for rent, whatever. That has not been common in a lot of the central part of the country. But we are seeing that more and more here in the Cincinnati area. Yeah, as a matter of fact, it it was just a few months ago back in May that uh, we got the ability to put our rentals on the multiple listing service. So, you know, there was no central place for uh, realtors to even advertise rental listings uh, up until May. And of course, uh, now with the MLS, we're we're getting a big explosion in the number of people. And again, you know, a lot of them are just... uh, agents that have never done a rental before that happen to have a client who wants to buy a, who wants to live in a place in Anderson and maybe they want to live there someplace for six months or a year and try the neighborhood out because they're relocating to the area and uh, we're happy to put our listings up and, and have any agent show them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's a, a 
for the folks who are noticing this happening in their cities, and I, I can't say that it's really spread throughout the country to where it's it's becoming a, a thing, uh, that is, uh, even for the individual landlord, another option for getting a property rented because there are a lot of agents out there who, although they are not, quote, property managers, are very happy to take a month's rent or a half a month's rent to rent your unit. So in, in those cases, because we're, we're talking about the very the very lowest level of, quote, property manager here, which is I'm just going to put somebody in your house and then it's up to you from then on. In those cases, how, how does that work? Is it a listing the same way that a house for sale is a listing? Exactly. Then there's different kinds of listing contracts, just like you would have different kinds of, of sale contracts. Uh, we prefer what's called an exclusive right to lease listing contract, which means that we are the exclusive agents who represent you as the owner and work on your behalf. Uh, the, the short version of that is if the house gets rented, we get a commission. And it doesn't matter whether it was our agent who showed it or an agent from another brokerage that showed it. Uh, we're due a commission because we're going to be marketing the property for you. We're going to be the ones who are putting it out there so that all these other agents will know about it and they'll um, potentially bring tenants to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those in those exclusive right to lease contracts, uh, what if I'm the landlord and I'm also advertising myself on Craigslist and all of those sorts of things and I rent it? Do you still get a commission? It depends on what we negotiate with the owner ahead of time. And, and certainly if you're a landlord and you say, I would like to still advertise the property myself, that's a good discussion to have with your with your agent before you list the house for lease. Because some brokers will say, if you sign an exclusive right to lease listing contract, it's not even necessarily up to the agent, it's the broker. If you sign an exclusive right to lease listing contract and the broker says, hey, we marketed the place for you, you sign a contract that says we get a commission when it's rented as long as, as, long as we've performed our duties you owe us a commission. And uh-huh. so if you are going to be advertising it yourself, um, you know, definitely discuss that with your agent. There are some things like non-exclusive agreements and things like that that you can engage in. Mm-hmm. So potentially another outlet for the landlord who doesn't want his property vacant for months and months and months and wants another way to bring people there. It's uh, it'll It'll be interesting to watch in the rest of the country uh, whether it, it becomes common for tenants, because they're they're really the ones driving this, right? The tenant has to call his agent and say, do we know of anything for rent? Uh, to, to, to just do that as a matter of course the way it has been done in many parts of the country. And of course a lot of companies will use relocation services. Uh, we work with several agents that specialize in doing relocations and for example uh, P&G has their own company that basically works for them and helps place their uh, all their transfers and of course we see a lot of people transferring into P&G with the, with the headquarters here um, and those agents will show our listings uh, because they know that we have good properties available. Mm-hmm. And that brings us around to the topic that most investors, most of the folks who would be listening to real life real estate regularly, uh, they always want to know it. And that is, what's it going to cost? So for the for, for just the very basic service of put it on the MLS and let's see if it rents while I also try and rent it. What what sorts of fees are you seeing property managers charging? Some people charge a flat one month's rent. Um, that's fairly typical. 
Um, now, again, your experience may vary, but, uh, uh, you know, a flat one month's rent for a lease agreement. Um, some places will charge a percentage of the rent if they get you a longer term lease. So if they manage to find somebody who wants to do a two or three year lease, they may write the contract to say, we get a fixed percentage uh, of whatever the total rent is. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that, that would probably equate out to depending on you know, depending on who you're dealing with, it probably would equate out to maybe two or three months rent if you got a three-year lease. But of course, that's a lot more security for the owner as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's sort of the basic level of of assistance that one can get in managing their own property. I have a feeling, though, that probably most of your customers, that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for something much more extensive. Yeah, get them in, but then also do a b c d and e what what other sorts of things can a property manager do for a rental property owner beyond just getting a tenant in the house well and and it's a a part of this is the difference between doing a lease listing and doing a property management agreement and on a basic lease listing we will advertise the property we'll coordinate all the showings we will help the owner um Work, we will help them work on a lease agreement. Uh, we can't, because we're real estate agents, we're not allowed to give specific legal or financial advice, which uh, our broker has always interpreted as, I can't hand you a lease and say, this is the best lease for you in your situation. Um, you should always consult with an attorney or a financial advisor. Um, we help the owner prepare for uh, renting the property by just giving them a checklist that says, this is a list of things that you should do before you decide to rent the property, including make sure your insurance coverage is appropriate and make sure that your mortgage company allows you to rent the house. Um, we coordinate all the showings, we take the applications, we process them based on criteria that we discuss with the owner. And every owner is allowed to set their own criteria as far as what they uh, feel is acceptable as a tenant. Within the boundaries of fair housing exactly. law. <laughs> you know, uh, fair, fair housing law says that you can't discriminate against uh, families with children, but it doesn't say anything about you can't say that somebody with a 500 credit score is not good enough to rent your house. <laughs> uh, so um, we will... Uh, get the application processed and we will sign the lease with the owner and then basically hand it off. That's the, that is the listing service. Um, beyond that, when we engage in property management service, then we do things like we um, help coordinate the move in as far as making sure that the house is ready for the tenants to move in with cleaning services, any kind of touch up painting or work that needs to be done. We will do a walkthrough inspection with the new tenant so that we can all agree on what the condition of the house was when they moved in. We handle any maintenance issues that they have. We collect the rents. Uh, we, um, pay any invoices that come in. Uh, the only invoices that we don't pay, uh, in, in my company as a matter of course, is we don't do, um, real estate taxes, insurance, or mortgages. The, the owner's responsible for paying those on their own. Um, we actually do disbursements to the owners once a month. Um, I either write a check or I deposit, uh, mail a check to them, or I deposit a check into a local bank, um, that allows them to, uh, take care of those obligations on their own. And then, uh, of course, if the property comes vacant again, uh, well, we deal with any issues as far as the lease goes. We're trying to renegotiate uh, new leases when the when the leases are coming due, coordinating move outs, getting the property remarketed. Um, in the case of you know, we we have a lot of times where an owner might rent a house with us for two or three years while the market gets better for their property, and at the end of that period of time, we. Um, refer it back to the agent who referred it to us because uh, in my office, we don't do sales listings. We only do uh, leases and property management. So uh, the agent who brings us a customer is still the agent as long as the, uh, as long as the owner is happy with their services. So if they decide that they want to put the house up for sale at the end of their lease, they're welcome to do that. Mm -hmm. And by the way, that all that handling money stuff that you just talked about, we, we, we bring, we take in the rents, we put them in our property management account, we pay invoices out of them, and then we pay the 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 owners is 
why is the argument for why a real estate license is necessary. That's if you if you ask a state official, why do I need a what what about having a real estate license makes me qualified to be a property manager? Uh, their their response would be it's the fiduciary duty that you have as a agent to your client and the handling of the money. They right. feel like you know having being able to handle somebody else's money needs to be done through a an escrow account and the property management accounts are very similar to the to the escrow accounts that uh, when you write an earnest money check exactly. and it, it goes into quote the agent's escrow account where it is untouched by anybody until something happens. Uh, that is. That is the argument at the state level as to why folks need to have licenses. Now, my question to you, audience, is do you have any questions about property management? You can give us a call if you're in the greater Cincinnati area at 772-9658. If you're listening from outside greater Cincinnati area, it is 877-772-9658. Or you can go to askvina.com, fill in the response form, hit send, and we will receive it here as an email. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is John Jones from Keller Williams Advisors, a local brokerage here in the Cincinnati area that, um, amongst other things, does property management work for other folks. You're going to find more and more uh, around the country agents uh, or even whole brokerages that are offering more professionalized property management services. As I read the um, information put out by the Ohio Association of Realtors and National Association of Realtors, uh, there's more and more talk about this is a way for agents to make money when they can't sell as many houses <laughs> as they used to make. And where many agents and brokers would have sort of turned their nose up at the whole property management gig a few years ago now, I don't know. I guess it just seems more um, attractive in this market than it did. So, uh, John, we were talking. Oh, and I should say again, if you have any questions about property management, 772-9658 is the number here in the Cincinnati area. If you're listening online, you can call us toll free at 877-772-9658. Or you can go to the askvina.com website. That's A-S-K-V like in Victor, E-N-A. You'll see that there's a button that says Ask Vina Question. If you click that and then put in your question, and then you'll notice there's a little box that says From. And you're supposed to fill in like where you're from there because it, it, it actually makes a difference whether you're writing from California or from Massachusetts or from Cincinnati. So uh, please let us know where you are from when using the askvina.com website. So uh, we were talking about a full-blown property management contract where now now you are continuing to be involved as the as the property manager in the property even after the tenant has moved in. Uh, what about the day-to-day stuff? I mean, all, all, every landlord knows that there's going to be maintenance calls. There's going to be three-day notices. That's what we do in Ohio to tell people that if they don't pay pretty quick, they're going to get evicted. Uh, there's going to be evictions. <laughs> there's going to be appearances in eviction court. Uh, who typically handles those parts of things? Um, as the property managers, we handle all of that stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy to say that in the um, almost two years that I've been with this company, I have not been to eviction court once. 
because we do a really good job of screening the tenants. But one of the first things I did when I got there was uh, actually tell my boss, you know, you shouldn't be hiring the the three-name law firm to do your evictions (laughs) because they were like, yeah, I did this eviction and it cost me $3,000 because... (laughs) Every time I'd have a conversation with the guy and he'd send me an email transcribing what they said, they'd charge, they'd charge an hour and 25 minutes at $175 an hour. <laughs> nice. So, you know, a, a, a good property manager knows that there's attorneys here in Cincinnati that will do an eviction for $250, and most of that is the filing fee. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm, I'm going to make the assumption, and again, we, we have had uh, property managers here on the program before, that those sorts of fees are going to be paid by the owner of the property. Yes. The, the the fee that we charge, we generally charge a flat rate based on the number of units that we're managing for a particular owner. And that basically covers our office work, bookkeeping, uh, answering late night phone calls, that sort of thing. Um, you know, we do maintain uh, the lease files and all that and make sure that the leases are up to date. Um we do what we can to ensure compliance with uh, with all the local regulations and things like that. But unfortunately, if I have to have a handyman go out and fix something, that that is not included in the in the flat rate that we charge. Uh huh. Uh huh. Because that would have to be an awfully big flat rate. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's interesting because uh, in the commercial real estate world, in apartment buildings, it's the the charges for management are almost always percentage of gross rents mm-hmm. it's seven percent of gross or nine percent of gross or eleven percent of gross or whatever it is you have uh you have negotiated you're saying that there are some property managers that say it's this much each month period yeah it's, it's a flat rate if it's a single family it's a flat rate if it's a two family it's a flat rate uh you know if we have a particular investor who might have 10 units uh that they're giving to us you know the more units that we're managing for you the lower per door uh, price you pay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But still, I know those flat rates can range from, uh, on a single family home, can range from 100 to $150 a month. And uh, 10% of gross is not at all uncommon for the management companies that charge a piece of gross rents. And uh, for a lot of dyed-in-the-wool landlords who are used to managing their own properties and keeping that money in their pocket, what they say is that's not affordable. You know, I have a mortgage, I have taxes, I have insurance. If I'm paying a property manager, as good as it may sound, not to have to rent up my own units or deal with tenants or midnight maintenance calls, I can't, quote, afford it. So for what kind of person do these services work well? Any Anybody who is an out-of-town landlord really should have property management in the area. Because uh, if you think about it, you know, how many people do we know who own property that's six or 12 hours away from where they are or a, a cross-country plane flight away from where they are, you need to have feet on the ground because when that tenant calls you and says, my roof is leaking, you need to have somebody who can show up within an hour uh, to determine whether, you know, whether this is a major, major issue. Um, and and if I may add, you need to have someone who's not the roofer show up in an hour. Because I mean, you know, a lot of, a lot of people think of, if I live in California and I have a property in Memphis, and the tenant calls me and tells me there's roof leak, the roof's leaking. I'm just going to call the roofer. Well, of course, the roofer is going to say, 
you need a new roof <laughs> most of the time that the roofer doesn't work doesn't quote work for you in the sense that they have a fiduciary duty to do what's best for you the property manager on the other hand can take a look at it and say oh i see it's a little leak around the flashing we'll just get that patched and it's going to cost you 300 bucks instead of 3000 so let me add the other advantage of having a, a good property manager on the ground is that they're on your side. Exactly. We we always represent the owners that we work for. Uh, my, my boss and myself, when we sign a property management agreement with somebody, even if I'm the one who shows the house to a potential renter, I tell them I work for the owner and I represent the owner's interests. And if you would like to be represented by an agent, I'd be happy to refer you to somebody in my office or you're welcome to choose somebody on your own. Because I'm representing that owner's interest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, okay, out-of-town owners would be one. What what other kinds of people does this work for? We we actually have a client who um, just is not a great people person. <laughs> and, and frankly, what had happened was, um, you know, uh, it was an issue where in order for him to be able to expand his business and buy more properties, he needed to have a property manager handling the day-to-day stuff because... Uh, if if he wasn't if he was out taking care of all the day to day stuff on his own, he doesn't have time to go out and look for new places and do the extensive rehabs that he likes to do. So what happens is every time he buys a new piece of property, he fixes it up and then he lists it with us on the market and we uh, sign a property management agreement for each new property. Okay, so that sounds like somebody who's building in your fee to his to his price when he when he buys a property he knows what he has to pay for it and what he has to put in it and what he has to rent it for in order to pay for the property manager and all the other stuff and still make money. Absolutely. One of the one of the frequent things I do anymore is um, I have agents who come to me and say, I've got somebody who's looking at buying an investment property. What do you think about this? Here's the MLS listing. What do you think about this property? What would it rent for? So, you know, we can tell them with with a fair amount of certainty because we do know the market ahead of time what they can expect to get for rent and all that. And that helps them uh, make their buying decisions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So people who've built it in, People who are out of town. Who else? People who just don't want to be landlords. Um, we've got a number of our a number of our uh, owners would just prefer to pretend like it's something that that, that doesn't even happen, uh, other than when they open up their check. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 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 are these accidental landlords? <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually. Unfortunately for them, fortunately for us, and hopefully we're making it a fortunate thing for them, uh, the biggest segment of our of our business right now is people who can't rent their house uh, or can't sell their house because of the market conditions. And so they'll rent it with us for three or four years until the market gets better, and then they'll um, then they'll put it on the market and sell it once they once they can get the price that they need out of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like a lot of things in real estate, you know, when you when you explain private lending to a real estate investor, their first reaction is often, why would I take 8% when I'm making 30 to 40% on my properties? And yet for a certain kind of person, 8% without doing anything with the properties makes a lot of sense. The, the, the property management makes a lot of sense to the right kind of client and that you know that may not be you if you're if you're out there with you know 35 properties that you're you've got systems for management and you're doing fine and you're looking at your numbers and you're saying there's no way I could pay 100 bucks a month to have each of my units managed then you know it doesn't make sense for you but it does make sense uh, for a lot of folks uh, particularly those those accidental landlords and other folks who cannot for one reason or another manage their properties 
so uh, let me let me sort of challenge you with a question here, John, because I in 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 my property buying business. I very often get calls from some of these out-of-state owners who bought the property, hired a property manager, and that just has not worked out from day one. And the horror stories. I mean, the and many times I'll say these these people are not licensed. They 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 hired some friend of theirs or some you know, the son of their buddy who lives in L.A. or whatever, and they're getting not to put too fine a point on it, stolen from at worst and at best, the property manager isn't just isn't doing a good job. Uh, if there's someone out there who's listening who's in that situation, what what would your recommendation be about what to do about the situation and about how to find a good property manager the next time? Just like any contractor or person who's going to be doing work for you, interview people, find out what is out there as far as uh, you know what their policies are and things like that. I mean, we have certain policies that we follow, and I'm happy to discuss those with anybody who calls ahead of time. Uh, I'll send you a copy of the property management contract uh, for you to review, um, you know, and you can take it to your attorney and have discussions about it, uh, about what you think. Um, the the whole question about uh, agent or non-agent, uh, you know, I mean, frankly, as we know, anybody who is not a real estate agent who is engaging in property management service, unless they are, again, an, a direct employee of the uh, of the owner, is violating Ohio agency law and could be subject to penalties uh, because of that. Um, as an agent, we're held to very high standards. Of course, we have to uh, make sure that we're following all of the uh, proper rules uh, for our licensing, and uh, there are consequences for us. So, you know, we take this very seriously. This is not a this is not a fly by night operation for us. This is not we have an opportunity to, to get some money off of the house next door. This is a you know this is a job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Maybe other question to ask would be, how long have you been doing this? Yes, that would. Can that I would, talk to some of your other clients? <laughs> yeah, those would certainly be, uh, you know, references. Uh, again, just like if you're hiring anybody, good references are, would be key, and uh, you know, making sure that you're dealing with somebody who's reputable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the bad property manager, though, because here's this, here's here's one of the repeating themes that I hear throughout the year from people who now they're trying to sell their property because they just can't, they cannot get it managed and they cannot. Uh, get it renovated from long distance and they cannot seem to keep anybody in it. Uh, I hear the property manager owes me money. I haven't, I haven't received a payment from the property. You know, I, for, uh, the last payment I got was in March and this is September and he swears there's still somebody in the property, but they owe me money. So I'm afraid to fire them. Hmm. <laughs> Well, what do you do in a situation like that? I mean, you kind of you kind of understand, yeah. But at the same time, it's like the bad property manager is holding you hostage, right? Exactly. And and you know, if you if you don't have a contract with that person, then they need to be fired. If they do have, uh, you know, any sort of broker that they have to answer to, then then that's uh, make a call to the broker, and and uh, you know, they may be relieved of their duties uh, in that case. But you know, there's there's. Um, there's a million stories out there, and unfortunately, not all of them are happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, like having the right CPA and the right attorney and so on, uh, I, having the right property manager is is truly crucial. And uh, last time last time I got that question about what do I do about the fact that he owes me months and months rent, uh, what I said was, well, you, you, you go to their broker. Oh, he's not licensed. Hmm. Okay, well, then I guess you're going to have to sue them, but... 
letting them keep another three months worth of your rent is probably not the way to make sure that you recover the rent that's already due. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. My guest today is John Jones from Keller Williams Advisors here in the Cincinnati area. We're talking about the hows and whys of professional property management. If you have questions about property management, property management situation, being a property manager, anything having to do with today's topic, you can call us at 772-9658 or at 877-772-9658 or send us an email on the response form at askvina.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing, talking today about professional property management and whether that is for you with John Jones from Keller Williams Advisors here in the Cincinnati area. If you have a question about property management, 772-9658-877-772-9658, or you can send us an email by going to askvina.com as Bob in Gahana, Ohio just did. Uh, Bob says, John, I'm actually very comfortable with the maintenance part of my own property management. In fact, I have my own roofers, electricians, plumbers, etc. that I like to use. Do you think it would be possible to hire a property manager on an a la carte basis to do the showings, the advertising, dealing with the leases, dealing with the tenants on an ongoing basis, but me continue to handle the maintenance separately? Um, that's that's a really good question, and um, the short answer to that is it's all about negotiating with the uh, with the particular agent that you would like to deal with. Um, we ha- we do we have had owners in the past who like to do their own maintenance on properties. They wanted us to just call them whenever there was a an issue, and they would go take care of it. And as long as they are able to keep up with the demand, you know what we what we often find is that they, we got too many landlords out there, and these are again people who need property management who don't take their obligations to do maintenance seriously. You know, the, a tenant may call and say. Uh, my garbage disposal isn't working and my sink is starting to smell and they think oh i'll i'll take care of that in in 2 weeks when i'll when i'll be back in that area um it, it, again if you have a, a crew of people if you came to me and you said i'd like you to manage my property here's a list of the handymen and everybody that i'd prefer for you to use i'm certainly happy to call anybody on that list uh you know i'm not married to using anybody in particular on a property um, I do get very good rates from the uh, from the people that I use uh, frequently, but uh, if you tell me this is my plumber, this is my electrician, I'm certainly happy to call them uh, in that case. Which actually brings us around to a question that 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 you and I spoke about uh, before the show turning turning it around. We don't we hear stories about bad property managers. You ask property managers, they're going to tell you stories about bad clients. <laughs> they're going to tell you, they're going to tell you about uh, expectations that they have of their clients that sometimes don't get met. So, if someone's trying to have a successful relationship with their property manager, which I will define as everybody gets paid and everybody's happy, what does the owner need to be prepared to do on his side of that of that arrangement? We've actually had cases in the past where we've canceled property management agreements because our our property management agreement, because of these situations, has a clause in it that says that we can cancel it with 15 days notice if the agent refuses to fix up or if the owner, sorry, refuses to fix something that we find is a dangerous condition. And that could be anything from, you know, there's bats living in the property 
to the the ceiling is getting ready to fall in and if we have an owner who flat out refuses to uh bring the things up to the standard you have to understand that the property management company one of the reasons why there's a lot of uh brokerages that are not doing property management is because there's a lot more liability involved in having an ongoing relationship as a property manager than there is in just leasing or just selling a house and you know as a brokerage we have to accept our liability that uh if if the tenant calls us and says i'm worried about this dangerous condition that we have to do something about it and if the owner refuses to uh make a repair uh, that we recommend, then we have to have the right to get out of that agreement in order to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. And and that's interesting because we just got a question from Joanna in Orlando, Florida, who says, uh, I am a real estate agent and I've been strongly thinking about the possibility of doing some property management. And in the Orlando market, there's probably a lot of people <laughs> that would need some property management right now and a lot of out-of-town owners and a lot of people who can't sell their house. Uh, She says, my major concern is the liability. Is there any kind of insurance that the owner can carry to protect you? For instance, you could be added to his property insurance policy. Or is there any kind of insurance that an agent can buy separately to protect themselves against things like tenants becoming hurt on the property? Well, the the very first thing is that... um there needs to be uh, an amendment to you, your broker's insurance. Uh, here in Ohio, our broker talks about his uh, E&O errors and omissions insurance. And we know that the errors and omissions insurance is actually higher than it was uh, significantly higher because of the property management company. So they're they're constantly asking us, how many units do you manage and how many do you plan to be managing in the next year because they're budgeting their E&O insurance. Um, so... Uh, Obviously, state laws vary, but you should have a discussion with your broker before you consider doing any of that. Now, that being said, um, we have a clause in our property management agreement that asks the um, uh, asks the owner of the house to add us as additional insured to their liability policy. Because if there is a slip and fall on the property and you know, there's a, a sign in the yard that, it, that identifies the property management company, somebody may decide to try to sue the property management company. And, of course, we would like to have it uh, go on the owner's insurance because... We really do not have uh, a lot of um, control over some of the things that happen on the property beyond uh, with the owner's policies. And again, you know, I'd have a discussion with your broker about it uh, because there there's likely to be liability coverage that's included in that. But you want to try to get on the owner's policy if you can. Okay. Very good. If you have any additional questions for John, you've got about oh two minutes to get them into the show here at askvina.com. Uh, or maybe by calling 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. We have another question here from Pete in Baltimore. Uh, He says, John, a lot of the properties that I sell are lease options. In that case, if I were to hire a property manager, would I have to pay them both for the rental and management of the house and for the ultimate sale? If so, what do you think would be a fair price? We get discussions about lease options very rarely. And normally, it, it depends on at what point the property manager comes into it. Um, if, if we list a property for you with the idea that we're going to lease option it, um, and again, there's a there's a differentiation between the leasing and the property management agreement. Usually, we our property management agreements do not begin until there's a tenant in the house, and, uh, and unless there's a specific need for us to be walking through the place uh, every you know twice a week because it's vacant and you live out of town and have and don't have the ability to do that. But um, 
in, in a case like that, I would certainly negotiate that. If the if the property manager puts the tenant in who's going to lease option, I would say absolutely they should uh, get a piece of that sale because that's you know that's of course how a lot of agents make their living is by uh, renting and selling properties. Now the fair way to do it is to have the have the contract say you get a piece when it's leased, and then once it sells, you get a piece. And when we write when we do write a lease option contract, we always say the rental commission is deducted from the final sales commission. So if you've got a ah. lease option tenant that doesn't perform, uh, we get nothing from that sale. Okay, so Peter, that would be an interesting uh, interesting way to go at it because uh, I've done a lot of lease options over the years. Every once in a while, I get a real estate agent who shows up with a client who wants to lease option property, whether or not it's listed. I mean, they they'll see it in Craigslist and they'll say, oh, "I got a client. What are you going to pay me?" And many times they, they, they've, they've gotten upset when I said, I'm not giving you a 3% commission for putting someone in there who might buy it two or three years up the road. I will give you a lease up fee. And if they buy it, then we can call you the selling agent. And uh, sometimes they have a difficult time distinguishing between a promise to buy or a, a right to buy and actually buying. <laughs> so that's something that needs to, to probably be um, hammered out ahead of time. And I love the idea of the rental commission gets deducted from the from the sale at the end. So uh, we are out of time. Uh, thank you so much, John. And thank you to all the listeners who helped us out today with questions. Don't forget, if you're in the Cincinnati area, come to the RIA holiday party tomorrow night. Best and worst deals, silent auction of a bunch of really great real estate courses and also a cruise, also networking time. If you're not a member and you haven't attended a meeting before, just come in and say, I heard about it on Real Life Real Estate, and they'll give you a guest pass for tomorrow night. Fun meeting. We'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. <music>